Hello, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 7 of the We Are Speaking Podcast. During each weekly 30-minute episode, we address some of our favorite topics, including American history and culture, government, education, and politics from a Black perspective. We're very glad you are joining us today. The podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community. We offer branding and marketing services, including online training and one-on-one coaching to independent writers, creative and solo professionals, and very small business owners. You can find out more at our website, teamowens313gcc.com. As a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking publication, you can access the podcast episodes through the website or on your favorite podcast player. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. My name is Pamela Hilliard-Owens, and I am one of the co-hosts of We Are Speaking, in partnership with my husband and business partner, Keith Owens, who also wrote and performed the intro and outro music for the podcast. And speaking of Keith, here he is. Hi, Keith. Hello. Good to be here again for another good episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, actually, this is going to be a sad episode because right. we're going to talk about the shootings of black men in particular, but black people by police officers, which has only increased since the killing of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri in 2014. And Keith, talk about the latest uh, one that happened in Grand Rapids this past week. Well, the latest Grand Rapids, Michigan. Right. The latest episode involved a young man. Basically, to make it brief, the, the the police officer had a gun to the back of his head, and 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 killed him there. And then, mm-hmm. and even this is even more graphic than uh, what had happened with George Floyd. He was the police officer had a knee on the back of his neck, and of course, he said he couldn't breathe. And then he was murdered that way. This was a police officer just blatantly put the gun to the back of his head and killed him. Mm-hmm. And, and like his family said, that's, that's ex- execution right. more than anything else. That's not just simply a murder. That's an execution. There's no justifiable reason. I mean, if you've got somebody pinned down, a police officer does, and, he's there, and there's not resistance. It was horrific. And it was, and it's also all the more horrific, like you said, as there have been more such killings since the Michael Brown, which brought back some of the heightened attention that has been brought to the murders of young black men, largely because of the new, the video era in which we live. Many Mm -hmm. of these have been brought, have been captured on, on cell phones. And, And what black communities knew all along, the country became more aware of with Michael Brown, et cetera, but what you would th- you would think, and some of the hope was that this uh, that the when people would see this, mm-hmm. that this would be changed the draw enough scrutiny, enough enough fire and backlash that it would crack down, it would stop. But as we have seen in Grand Rapids, nothing of the sort has happened. Right, and um, so yeah, it, it was it was it was a tragic, very tragic situation. Okay, his name was P- Patrick Leoya L Y O. Why a he and his family escaped about a decade mm-hmm. or so escaped came here to the United States from the Congo because of violence there and they thought that they could find safety here in the United States and he, again he was pulled over for a traffic stop they the police said that the license plate didn't match the license plate didn't match the car that he was driving and 
this is what uh, this is what the police officer said. He pulled out his taser, and Patrick started running, and so he ran after him, pinned him to the ground. Now, now remember, this is for a traffic stop, a suspected murder or anything like that. Pinned him to the ground again, just like George Floyd put his knee on his back. Uh, Mister, I, I, I know I'm going to pronounce his name wrong. Was face down. The officer pulled out his gun mm-hmm. and shot him in the back of the head. And and first of all, after the officer pulled out his pulled out his taser, at first his body cam recorded what mm-hmm. happened when when uh, Mr. Lyolia got out of the car. But then the uh, the officer pulled out pulled turned off his body cam. And the only reason we have a video is because someone else was filming it with a cell phone, just like with Joy, mm-hmm. George Floyd. And this reminds you of the young man, and I'm going to look up his name, who was killed in Minneapolis or in a, in a suburb of Minneapolis right yeah. after yeah. George Floyd. Yeah. He was 21, I believe it was, and they stopped him because he had one of those car fresheners hanging from his mirror, his car mirror. And that's why the police stopped him. And what what is so true, and I'm glad you're the details of that incident, and so that's extremely important, and I appreciate that. I think what is also really, really tragic and also very alarming about so many of these incidents, you look at Michael Brown. Michael Brown was uh, walking down the street. Walking down the street, and not only that, but they, they tried to say he was. Uh, they had tape of him raising a ruckus inside of a little grocery store. Like mm-hmm, they say he mm-hmm, was, mm-hmm. he might have been trying to you know steal some little item. And the thing of it is that once again, this was not in, nobody was harmed. Right. Even if they, what, what the, what the video that they did show did not show any altercation of anybody being threatened in any way. But basically, he, he may have picked, tried to lift a small item from inside the store. When the, the young man, I think you wasn't that young man, but Eric Garner, mm-hmm. who said he couldn't breathe, he was, they were claiming he was guilty of trying, of a, of a scent of a loose cigarette, mm-hmm. you know, of trying, of, of trying to get, take a loose cigarette from the store. There were, I mean, when you get to, you know, George Floyd, there was no discernible reason. Almost right. all these incidents that you have, from going back to Trayvon Martin, it would be, it would be bad enough if there if there was some level of violence attached mm-hmm. that still did not merit this kind of, of this kind of action. But when you look at what happened, when you look at what preceded it, like you said, with the, the a traffic a traffic stop right. or or a loose cigarette or trying to or, you know, or trying to that's what it was with George Floyd. They they thought he they were claiming he was trying to change a false a false dollar. They, they, they said that the twenty dollar bill he play, paid for was what do you call it counterfeit. counterfeit. That's what it, you know. So it was a counterfeit twenty dollar. And, and and so the cashier yeah. called the police. Called the police for that. And then he he was so right. Sorry he rushed off and did that. And once again, is that if it was counterfeit or not? All these are are minor, beyond minor Extreme offenses. Minor. And these men are and these men are being murdered. For extreme minor offenses, the young the uh, young man who was was that was that in Minnesota who was killed inside of a car with his girlfriend was there. Right, that was also that was also in in, in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And once again, he completely complied Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. everything that the police officer said, Mm -hmm. and nevertheless was murdered. You go years, I don't know how many years ago it was when was Abner Louima. Oh yeah, that's been about thirty thirty years years ago. Mm -hmm. But on and on, and every time, nothing either either nothing. Happened that 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 mm-hmm. could possibly justify that action, or it was so minor, right, right, and it was just it's just and it just happens again okay. and again because and again. just just in February of this year, which is just a couple of months ago, an, another man in Minneapolis 
was murdered during a no-knock warrant. That's right. Okay, just like Breonna Taylor. And as a matter of fact, this week, Breonna Taylor, who was killed in Louisville, was Louisville, right? Yeah. Louisville. Yes. She's originally from Grand Rapids. She was born in Grand Rapids. And her her mother came up to Grand Rapids to console the mother of Patrick Lyo because Brianna Taylor was was born in, in Minneapolis. I mean, in, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And then Patrick was killed there. Mm-hmm. So there was a picture of the mother of Brianna Taylor. The police officer there was not was 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 not accused of killing Brianna Taylor. He was accused of shooting a bullet into the wall that might have hit the person in the next apartment. Okay, that's right. So this happens over and over again. Uh, either no-knock no, uh, no knock warrants or very, very, very minor refra- infractions, infractions or whatever. Infractions, infractions. Uh, there was a man who was shot and killed in, I believe it was New Orleans. He was sitting outside selling cigarettes. He had, he had loose cigarettes. He had the approval of the store owner to sit outside. And if you want to sell loose cigarettes, go, go right ahead. You're not bothering me. That's right. I remember that. And uh, he was shot and killed. Okay. And then, of course, it was Tamir Rice was shot and killed. He was only mm-hmm. 12. And so this just keeps happening over and over again. Yet the man who killed all of the people in Charleston, South yeah. Carolina, at Mother Bethel AME Church, Church, nine people, not only was he not hurt when the police caught him, but he was taken to Burger King for, for lunch before they, before they pulled him in. And so this is for murder. And, and not only was it murder in, in Charleston, but it was an assassination. assassination because right. the pastor of the church... The pastor was killed. The pastor was also a state senator. And That's uh, right. Because, he because he was a state senator, that turned it into an assassination rather than just a murder. <laughs> and so the thing is, is that the number of black men that are killed by police officers is way over the percentage of even black people in this country. Okay. And they just, and for the most part, for the most part, they are not charged. Now the the only charge that we've had recently was that was Derek Chauvin was finally charged with was finally was finally charged with the killing of George Floyd, and I think it's this week or next week that the other officers are up right. for, to be charged. Right. And then Ahmaud Aubrey, everybody was shot in right. Georgia right. when they were when they were found guilty, and De- De- um, Devin Ch- De- Derek Chauvin, Derek Chauvin. De- Derek Chauvin, he was found guilty, and those are those are two cases. Out of hundreds. And look what it took. Right. And look right. what it took. When you start talking about the, the response, the reaction to the George Floyd co- killing resulted in the largest civil prote- largest civil rights protest in the history of the world. Right, right, Is right. There, I mean, mm-hmm. there, there were protests not just in America. There were protests all around the world. All around the world. And, mm-hmm. and, and you had uh, in- instances which I, I still find amazing. Well, you, you had instances where, where as... You have young, uh, young white kids mm-hmm. in, in in rural in rural towns mm-hmm. wearing Black Lives Matter shirts right, in right, protest, right. and so and and then that level, and then obviously the the level of protest from the Black Lives Matter from the from the black pastors from mm-hmm. high profile pastors like Reverend Al Sharpton, mm-hmm. the level of focus was so intense. That, then that fi- that finally brought about justice, right? And right. and and so that's the thing you have to consider too is that people applaud and we said that yeah, of course everybody was was relieved and glad that there was justice, mm-hmm. but look what it took, right, right, to get right, justice, right, right. And and as as you know, you and I both know, as any black person knows, we we all have family members or personal experience mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. not with being murdered, but with being unjustly stopped. 
Whatever. Right. I mean, it's happened to me. It's happened to family members, friends, repeatedly. Right. And there's no need to repeat all the stories because everybody's got stories right. of what happened. And so that's why we that's why we know it's gone on. And and, and what happens is there's always the belief gap mm-hmm. because for the large part, this doesn't happen obviously to white males, so they can't fathom right, right. this happening. Right. You know that how in the world could the police officers act like? Well, they don't see. They they don't live in that community. Right. Exactly. And, you know, exactly. and this kind of disrespect. And for the for the community, and I think just to point to some of the reasons why this happens, there the level. I don't want you to not get because it gets too too involved, but essentially, too in too many communities, and I know a specific example when I used to work in Los Angeles, where the police officers in specific communities are placed in those communities for specific reasons. Yes, yes, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, and where they. I know when I was in Los Angeles, I was told by police officers, you know, and I have, you know, that that for a long period back during the '60s, because I was there back in the in the '80s, in the '60s, there were they went to recruit police officers, you know, specifically racist white cops from small southern towns, and brought them to the LAPD, mm-hmm. and that's in dispute. They went down, but because and they wanted because they wanted to put them in black neighborhoods, basically to crack black skulls, right. And this, and there are other, without you know, other incidents, things I've seen and and, and reported, know about that have happened elsewhere. But that one specifically points again. And you look at the level, the relationship between police officers in a wealthy community mm-hmm. versus other, and it's 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 a totally different thing because in a wealthy community, they may view it like you work for me, right, right, you, which is the way it's supposed to be right. all around, right. But it's it's to, it's totally different. Right. And I'm I'm referencing an article by NPR from last year, 2021, and the article the 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 headline for the article says "Fatal Police Shootings of Unarmed Black People Reveal Troubling Patterns." Okay, they they referenced last year. Well, actually, actually, it was it was tw- it was 2018. A young man, a young black man, was riding his bicycle to Vallejo. Vallejo, California, mm-hmm. when the officer noticed that the bike had no lights and that he was weaving in and out of traffic. Again, something it's so, so minor. And I don't know whether there's a law that says at night your bicycle is supposed to have lights mm-hmm. or whatever. But they he wrestled him to the ground and then hit him over the head with his flashlight and then shot him seven seven times. Okay. And I don't know why these police, and of course it's not all policemen, mm-hmm. no. but it's enough that it makes that, that like you said, it's a troubling pattern. Mm-hmm. Why these police who are trained, why they can't turn them over and put handcuffs on them. They do that on TV all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Where they, you know, they hold them with one hand and put the, tr- right. and put the um, handcuffs on, on the other mm-hmm. hand. But if someone is on the ground and you have your knee in his back and he is unarmed, how is that a threat to you? Is, is, is the question. And so what this article from NPR says is that a lot of these officers, number one, a lot of them are rookies. Mm-hmm. For the majority yeah. of them, they've been, on the, they've been on the job less than a year. Right. The majority That's of, a great point. Yeah, yeah, the majority of them, the majority of these shootings are um, in the South. Okay, that this and this is what uh, NPR is saying, but uh, majority of, of fatal, fatal shootings, fatal shootings of black, oh, oh, black men in the south mm-hmm. wow. are in are in the south, and and a lot of these officers, this is their second, third, fourth time that they've been in, in officer involved shootings. Now the other, on the other hand, this article says they were in, interviewing some professors. Many officers go their entire career without shooting their gun at all. 
they work on the force 20, 30, 40 years and don't even pull out their gun. So, of course, it's not everyone, but it's enough uh, that, that it's a troubling trend, especially when 25% you know, are, are, are black people and, and, and we're not 25% of the population. It's, it's so much higher than the percentage of the population. A lot of the officers were con convicted of crimes while they were on the force, you know, of other crimes such as assault and battery and all that, but they kept their jobs. And in one instance, officials in a tiny Louisiana parish repeatedly fired and rehired who got into trouble with the law three times over 30 years. And so that's another thing. And, and we found this out during the January, during and after the January 6th insurrection. A lot of these police officers, especially the ones we're talking about, are white supremacists. And, and, and when, when they were arrested for breaking into the Capitol building, yeah. then we find this out about them. Right. A lot of them are former military, okay, which is nothing wrong with being former military. But when you have a mindset of, I'm going to kill everybody who doesn't look like me, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. And when a lot of these, especially the smaller, smaller uh Police departments are filled with these people. And what happens a lot of times, a police officer is, is, is let go from one small police department and he's hired with another one 20 miles down the road. And it's the same police officer, you know, and so he doesn't get any, uh, any recourse or repercussions from doing this. And look where they're, and look where they're rehired. Right. That's the thing. I mean, it's, it's that you, when they're rehired, they're not rehired, for example, in, in Gross Point. Right, right. You know, they're, I mean, they're rehired, they're shuffled around in neighborhoods that basically mm -hmm. have no, re mm -hmm. uh, no recourse. Right. And so there, and uh, it's also a very interesting statistic that you brought up there about rookies. Right. You know, it's, and it's the same mindset. Our, our parents are both school teachers. Right. And one thing my mother used to always say was, was upset about was that the, as teachers got better, when she was young, they promote you know the better black teachers got promoted out to teach white students. Right, right. You right. know, and have but the, but the ones that were while learning, they left them behind. Right. If you were a great teacher, they said your the idea was you know, you move the same thing. Well, I, I believe the same thing happens too often in the police department. You get officers who are trained, who know, who know how the things work. As you mentioned, the police officers 20, 30 years never fired a shot. Mm -hmm. They're not working in the hood. Right, <laughs> right, right. You right. know, they say, well, you're a great police. We need to move you, move mm -hmm. you out mm -hmm. here. I mean, and where but where those officers are most needed, right? You know, are in these more troubled neighborhoods. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's what that's where they're that's where they're needed. There's nothing wrong with having somebody, but if you have a rookie cop, have that police officer, you know, paired with somebody, right? Uh, no, right. and and I should back up because obviously I'm not a police officer, so I can't be dictating police policy. But it does seem to me common sense, right? Right? You right, know, right? That to have officers that when you have air where where the situations are more complex when when the Tim. Our tempers are running mm -hmm. high, and a lot of things are going on. Mm -hmm. We need officers who know. Right. And the and the one more thing I would say is that when when you talk about the way all these uh, assaults on on black men and on black communities are happening with with too many instances right. of police officers, how does that serve justice? Right. Because in yeah. the end, we all live in the same country. How does that serve? That's the big question that never seems to get answered. Is just allowing. Police officers to run rampant in black neighborhoods. How does that? It's not just that it's obviously bad for mm -hmm. that neighborhood, mm -hmm. but do you really think that doesn't have ramifications beyond that neighborhood? Right. Exactly, I mean, exactly. how does this? How does this serve justice? And that's the problem. in this particular study in this NPR article, nineteen of the officers involved in deadly shootings were rookies with less than a year on the force. 
One was on the job for just four hours, another for four days. More than a quarter of the killings occurred during traffic stops. And 24 of the murdered black men, 18%, 24 was the number, 18%, suffered from mental illness. And this is what we're talking about, especially when someone is mentally ill, that takes another kind of person to deal with that. Okay? And so... And we've been asking, when I say we, I mean the public has been asking about this. It, it, you can usually calm down, if, if someone is trained to do that, right. calm down a mentally ill person. And there are a lot of mentally ill persons out on the street anyway, right. which, which comes because, like here in Michigan, they shut down the mental um, hospitals and these people are out on the street. And so... That's that's a problem, but then we've been asking, and some of some of the communities have been doing this, training people who are specialized in ha- in handling with with mental ill, pe- mentally ill people. There was an article with a picture of in, of a big sign in front of a house saying there is an autistic deaf man living here. He doesn't hear you. He doesn't understand you. Please be careful. I mean, the sign was huge to let the police know. You know, if this if this, if, if right. this young man comes out comes out in the yard and starts yelling and screaming, he's not he's autistic. He acts strange sometimes. Not all autistic people do, right. of course, but this particular one does. Especially if he's if, if if something is that he thinks is is amiss. Plus, he's deaf. You know, so he doesn't understand. He might not understand you. And this is what they. This is part of the thing that they said uh, that the police tried to say with Patrick. Loyola, and I mm. really apologize mm. if I don't pronounce his name correctly. And the reason why is because I didn't watch the news, the news video. Right. The, 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 vid- the video was on the news, but I couldn't watch it. Mm. So I have not heard anyone pronounce his name correctly. So I'm sorry if I'm mm. pronouncing it incorrectly. The police tried to say, well, maybe he didn't understand English. Excuse me. He's been here 20 years, almost since he was a child. And he understands enough English, okay? Uh, so that is not an excuse. There is not an excuse for why did you turn off your body cam? What were you getting ready to right. do that you felt you had to turn on your uh, turn on, off your body cam? And like Keith was saying, it, you know that it was by Gil Scott Heron, that yes. famous song in the sixties, "The Revolution Will Not mm-hmm. Be Televised." Well, it might not be televised, but it is sure being recorded right. with cell phones, right. and that's when a lot of these things are happening. That, that, uh, that is why a lot of people people know about these things now. And it's, it's also another argument for what they refer to as, as community policing. Right, right. Because when you talk about a, a, a resident who may have autism or some other condition that caused them to act irrationally, if, it's, if the police officer has been in that neighborhood and knows the people, right. and that he knows that, or he right. or she knows that already, and that's the best argument for that. If you're there and you don't know the people, <laughs> but the whole argument is if you know your community, you know the people in the neighborhood, you're aware of that. And that's the way that should be. You should be aware of what's going on in the community. But too often what happens is that you don't know it's like aliens you right, know, in, right. in, in, the middle of, in the middle of a community. And that, that, changes, that, that, that changes everything. Right, that changes right. everything. Right. There's an, and, you know, I, for one thing, they, when I say they, I mean these, these rogue cops, because I don't mm-hmm. want to paint all mm-hmm. cops with this, with this brush. But these rogue cops, they're looking for an excuse to even approach a black person, okay? They're looking for a flimsy excuse. And then when the person, even if they hold their hands up and start walking backwards, they say they're resisting arrest. Then they say that their li- the police officers' lives were in danger. 
when someone is walking back or is even running away and they are unarmed, how are you, how is your life in danger? Okay. And when we think about the generational trauma, and when I say generational trauma, I mean from you know, decades mm -hmm. and centuries of trauma of, of black people, they, we always think there's something wrong. This happened to me a couple mm -hmm. of years ago. I was just going to the gas station, which is not far from here. And okay, I do have a lead foot. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I admit that. But I was probably going on, on a 25 mile an hour zone. I was probably going 30. The, and I went pulled into the gas station and the police pulled up right next to me. I almost, I, I, I didn't know what to do. He just said, you were driving a little bit too fast down that residential street. Next time, drive slower. I said, okay. And he drove off, a white police officer. I was never, I was never so relieved in my entire life. That's right. And I think that's, that's first of all, the, the way that he reacted was good. Mm -hmm. and also, But also there's that fear that all black people know. And right. I think that part of it is, and as we come close to wrapping up, is number one, you always see, see the term to serve and protect. Right. But too often the, often the feeling in too many black communities that they feel like the cop to serve and protect the white communities from the black communities. And I think many of them view that. They view that, you know, keep the, keep the, the, mm -hmm. the violent black communities, make sure that they don't spill over right. into the law-abiding white communities. And I think that that, is, that that whole thing has caused so much distrust. And that is, but the, on the flip side, what's that term they say, don't, 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 when you talk about there's the feeling, don't talk to the police. Right. They say, don't uh, snitch. Oh, snitching. Don't right. snitching. Mm -hmm. and, th and that's one thing where I, I understand somewhat both sides. I understand right. because many young people, not just young people, older people as well, feel like that you don't solve it with the police. Don't call the police. Right. And, you know, right. Don't involve because you don't know what the police will do. Mm -hmm. well, but on the flip side, it needs to be on the record that you called. Right. Right. The right. Because right. if the police say well, they never called. Right. Because that needs to happen. You, right. you need right. to involve them. And the last thing I'll say is when they came with the, the, that movement from that came from the George Floyd when I said when they said not, not dismantle the police what they say defund the, defund the police and the, the without getting to all the details the one part of that I, I really understood I understood all of it but particularly was there are areas where the police are not trained and don't know right right and right. they need to increase funding for people who who know how to deal with mentally ill people right. there's so many situations where legitimately they get legitimately they get called in to deal with they don't know how to deal with that right right, you, right. and they don't have to be there right right and i think that could be a way of towards stepping right 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 mm -hmm. and and so we want to end this with always thinking about the families who have lost unnecessarily lost lost these people. Now, if there is a, a person you are pursuing who you know is an accused murderer not one that you think because all people look alike but you know is an accused murderer you know has a gun or a rifle and you know your life is in danger that's one thing but to pull over a young man who has a car freshener hanging from his mirror which technically might be a, 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 some something you know because maybe you're Whatever. And to put your tackle someone, put your knee on his back and then shoot him in the back of the head. There's no there, there's 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 no way to justify that. And so this is kind of hard because it happened again and it keeps happening again and again. But it happened here in Michigan where we live. And so that's what we wanted to talk about today. And just I don't know, maybe you, if you can leave a comment on what you think should be happening mm -hmm. and sorry this was such a sad mm -hmm. a sad episode but we really had to we really had to uh, talk about this yeah. and we will talk to you next week yep see you next week <laughs>